a week from now, I'm going to be losing my voice, screaming for Governor DeSantis live in person in Florida. And I don't mean screaming as in like Gen Z text screaming where you post screaming happy birthday to my day one. No, I'm like, and then you're saying that and you're just sitting there silent as a little church mouse saying it. No, I mean legit screaming. You could be too. If you just said, screw it, I want to do something spontaneous this summer, I'm going to score last minute tickets to Turning Point USA's Student Action Summit, July 22nd through 24th in Tampa. Your last chance for tickets is at tpusa.com slash SAS with code Alex. That's tpusa.com slash SAS and use code Alex. Grab your Starbucks because this episode is tea. Maybe you know today's guest from his viral rant reels in the Starbucks line, or maybe you know him by his signature Givenchy pullover as he fills up his car at the overpriced gas stations of Beverly Hills, or, you know, maybe you're a fan of his super successful podcast, Uncancelable. Are these hints ringing a bell? Here's another hint. His dad is a famous athlete and Heisman Trophy winner and also happens to be friends with President Trump. In fact, today's guest is here to talk for the first time about his relationship with his father. We'll get into the mental disorder that defined his dad's life years ago and how it shaped his own worldview growing up with a parent that struggles with mental illness. We'll also get his hot takes on the LGBTQ community, gay adoption and gay surrogacy, celebrities secretly sliding into his DMs to hang out, who we like, who we don't like right now in the conservative movement, his dream influencers to collab with, and more. It's spillover time with a very, very, very special guest and my friend, podcast host, social media personality extraordinaire, TikTok king, and self-proclaimed free speech radicalist. Christian Walker. I think it's only right that we start off sharing our Starbucks orders are what they are today because <laughs> normally I don't do this and this isn't an ad or anything, but I think we need to share because that's kind of your thing. I'm a big Starbucks drive through person, yes. And they were out of, what'd you want, matcha? I was going to get matcha today because I didn't want to give them my difficult order, but... Angel got me my diff- my good order. Producer Valentina. <laughs> yeah, I always get strawberry acai refresher with apple juice instead of water, and then I get extra ice and no strawberry scoop because I hate those stupid bits that get stuck in the straw. I get apple juice instead of water, too. Really? That's like a big trick. Um, so my afternoon order is iced matcha with coconut milk, but my morning like OG coffee order is three shots of espresso over ice in a venti cup, one pump vanilla, one pump white mocha, whipped cream on top, no milk. Now, do you go to the same Starbucks every day? You have like your regular and they know you and your order, or do you try to go to different places because people are starting to catch on and know you? (laughs) There's two I go to and it's so weird. It's like different workers every day. They don't know me. Really? It's insane. Uh, Well, I'm sure they probably can't keep anybody around. That's probably why there's a high turnover. Okay, so I think we should give a huge congratulations to you because you just graduated. Thank you. Yeah, I'm done with indoctrination camp. Oh, my gosh. Tell (laughs) us about that. Where did you go? What was your major? So I went to SMU for two years and then I transferred to UCLA. I was a Chinese major and also studied international development. Um, It was a disaster. My first few years at SMU were perfect. I wasn't talking politics, had great friends, lots of conservatives there, and it was just a normal college experience. And then 
the summer transferring into UCLA, I started talking politics online, started getting death threats from fellow students, and had to go to school with security. Every day? Every day I had class on campus, yes. And they just sat next to your desk or outside the door or what? Outside the door, and he would just escort me to class. Mark, love him. And and yeah, my parents insisted on it. Do you have to have security everywhere or only at school? No, I I can't. Like, my parents would probably like that, but absolutely not. It was just with school. Kyle Rittenhouse ended up getting, um, he's got like emotional support dogs he takes everywhere. He doesn't go anywhere without those dogs. I mean, he probably needs it. Yeah. 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 He brought them here when he came to visit. Is a turning point. So, okay, you're you can speak Mandarin then? I do. I speak Chinese, Mandarin. Okay, now, what in the world kind of started this uh love of Chinese culture and, and Mandarin language for you? I have always been obsessed with difficult foreign language. Um, don't let a leftist see this, but when I was really little, my mom would speak like fake Chinese to me while she like tickled me and I, I would just like die laughing. <laughs> and so she'll say, like, that's where I got my obsession. But I just always was so interested. I wanted to learn, and so I took it all through high school, had a private tutor at some point, um, and then majored in it. And then what's the plan post-graduation for you? Well, I wanted to do like international finance, but that's over now. I'm like talking crap online. You think you're just going to pursue like full yes. throttle influencer media. thing? Yeah, and I have different things going on right now, and I'm I'm looking to start a clothing line, so I'm just on a totally different track. But well, it was in a good the dream. green room waiting to film, we had some turning point employee come back, come up and ask you where you had gotten some sweatshirts. It sounds <laughs> like fashion influencer Christian Walker. I know, so surprising, but yeah. So that's out, and I think uh, yeah, my life's changed a lot in the past couple of years. That's for sure. Who was worse? to deal with? I mean, the professors or the other students on campus? Now, the professors are pretty retarded, but it was more (laughs) the students. Um, I believe in fighting professors. So if they docked me on grades or whatever, I'd go to office hours and I'd fight for a higher grade if I wrote like a conservative-esque paper. And they weren't weren't too, too bad. The students are deranged. Just What was the most controversial take you wrote about in a paper during your college career? Um, Like an immigration moratorium. Ooh, that's good. (laughs) It's a very like build the wall-esque. Yeah, she, it was like a refugee paper she wanted us to write and I was like I wrote against it and she's like this was not the assignment and I'm like well everything in here is true yeah do you feel like you're kind of a staple piece of LA now like you're graduated you could go do whatever you want but are you planning on staying there and keeping your roots there I think it's important first of all I love LA um you know I I have my own little life I'm a big introvert so I do whatever I want and it's funny that you say that you're a big introvert because I'm actually a lot more introverted than people think too yeah, no, I like love to talk online, but like my everyday life, I'm very much introverted. I do a lot of things alone. I have one really close friend that I do a lot with, but I'm not some like party crazy out all the time. I'm a big homebody. So I love Los Angeles. I love the life that it gives me. And um, I hope to go back and forth between maybe there and somewhere red one day. But for now, I'm staying. Well, it's Pride Month right now at the time that we're recording this episode. Tell us why we won't see you celebrating in West Hollywood. (laughs) You won't see me out because I don't need to walk around the streets naked and have sex behind dumpsters to know who I'm attracted to. So I found out. Okay, now you can tell me this if this is true or not. I found out a couple weeks back that it's a huge thing in gay communities to have sex in forests. 
Um, oh, they have they have sex in dumpsters, behind dumpsters, Why? and forests. I I just think there are very sex. The, the foundation of the relationships a lot of times is very sex based. Is that and why you don't see a lot of gay people like in long term relationships, long term relationships with each other? Like I feel like you'll be with someone for a couple years and you there's hop a lot. Around. Yeah. Well, and even a lot of the relationships that are long term are open. So it's, yes. it's a sex-based relationship and they're still having sex with other people. It's not, you know, the same thing in the straight community. I think the stat is about two to three percent of straight relationships are open and minimum 30 percent of gay relationships are open. So it's just a totally different thing. Well, that's becoming a huge thing on TikTok now. Did you see all the Mormon TikTok drama, the open oh, marriage no, I thing? I didn't see it, but the polyamory, all yeah. of it. Yeah, very much is. Huge thing, like these these gorgeous Mormon blogger moms in Utah, the Utah mom thing, and they all, it all came out that they're all in open marriages and it's a huge scandal on TikTok. I need to look into that, but they should maybe pack up and go to West Hollywood, they'd be in good <laughs> company with the rainbowers. How, like, what kinds of stuff have you seen so far, just with Pride Month and everything? Like, what's some of the craziest stuff you've seen? Um, so I, I was, I've been talking crap the whole month, um, and I was just like, you know, thank God I don't live in the, on the gay side of West Hollywood. <laughs> I'm in the normal, non-psycho side, and, and literally the week after I said that, I'm pulling out of my garage on Sunday and my garage is being blocked by a bus full of drag queens. What? There's naked men on my street. Just coincidence literally. or they know that's your house? No, just coincidence because okay. the Pride March was going through. So, I mean, that was crazy. And then as I pulled off, I saw a mom bringing her four-year-olds to the Pride March with all these naked men in leather. That's so the part I don't understand. Disturbing. Drag shows and stuff for adults, it's it is it I whatever. But I do not understand the obsession with but we need to have children there. Now the LGBTQ lobby is saying it's necessary for children to be able to go to drag shows. I mean it's insane. They want to expose their kids to that and and, and it's again very sexual in nature. Drag queens are so sexual and that's just not a topic that children should be around at all what's your deal right now like are you dating anyone seriously talking to anyone no i'm not no i'm not because <laughs> <laughs> because why well a number of things but again i i find that a lot of gay men are very insecure very you know hiding a trauma covering it up with drinking out or drinking drugs sex a million different things and i'm not sure i'm, I'm looking for that right now and a number of other reasons but do you feel like most gay people do grow up with some sort of trauma or do you think that's like a rumor that straight people say? No, and I think a lot of gay men are open about that. Um, you know, they'll say, no, that's not why we're gay or no, that that's not the truth. But then if you talk to them individually, yeah, there is oftentimes a lot of trauma at the root of their lives. Yeah. So, and I think that's why we see a lot of the behavior that we see. Does that mean we shouldn't have compassion? I have extra compassion of course. for people who've gone through trauma. I mean, no, we should love on them, but that doesn't mean I'm going to sit down and praise your bad behavior. No. Have you been in any serious relationships yet in your life or you're just like ca more casual? Um, yeah, I have. Have Not, you been in love? I think so. But sometimes when you look back, you go, I don't know if that was like love. I don't know. But yeah, 
I mean, do you think that sometimes uh, there's people in the gay community in L.A. that really seek you out because they want to not even necessarily to date or anything, but they just want a friend like, dude, I'm conservative, too, but I cannot say like if you had that happen where you've got gay people just coming out to you as conservative. Yes, there's a lot in Los Angeles, especially. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of you say stuff that I can't say. There's a lot of even gay liberals which then we'll talk about why I don't identify as gay because that's a big thing I'm about but we'll tell talk, talk about, about it well I say I don't identify as gay because I'm attracted to men but I just feel that this term gay has turned into a lifestyle and you know I'm not hooking up with four people per weekend I'm not <laughs> going to gay clubs every week I'm not yeah. having sex behind dumpsters so it's like I don't even want to be grouped in with those people it's such a small facet of my identity I don't want any part of it so that's that um, but yeah, there's a number of L.A. liberal gays who say, oh, my gosh, you say all of the things I want to say, like retarded, like you don't <laughs> listen to any of the rules because that is kind of gay culture. They've always been catty. But now with wokeness, they're not allowed to say certain things. And so they they find humor in sort of my commentary, even if they don't agree with a thing I say. So that's well, interesting. And I feel like that same sentiment can be said for Alex HRH. HRH collection like yeah. people are so obsessed with her because she says everything that you are not you know quote unquote allowed to say right now and I really do feel like you are the male version of education <laughs> she's the girl version of you like you guys are so similar in your content and just your views calling people out like you don't care like she literally says like the gay the gay pride flag is so ugly like the, the ugliest rainbow colors and it's it disgusting. is disgusting it is and like all that is so hilarious have you guys ever talked or gotten to hang out or anything because you guys both live near each other we do we keep trying to coordinate like a dinner so we'll definitely be hanging out soon um but i, I need just... to see a christian walker ming picture you oh know her dog gosh, i love Ming. i ming know is an angel means a human ming gets the vibe like i don't know why you guys do need to link up you should go you guys should do a video you should go on her channel and you should go try her jewelry and go see her studio and, then and she all needs that. to come to starbucks it's yes. me we'll do a starbucks drive but like how iconic would that collab be it'd be so it iconic. would blow up the internet because her fans would be like you know <laughs> and like you're, it was so funny because I got so much crap for having her on my podcast. Actually, really from conservatives, like they were so pissed off because, because she swears a lot and stuff. So I was about to say, you know, I love Alex. I love HRH because she's so cultural and. You know, conservatives, I went sometimes behave like the left. Listen, not everyone needs to agree with everything that we believe or behave exactly how we behave to be an asset yeah. for our movement. I would say this is more this is where I lean. I think what's become this huge like topic of contingent be between conservatives right now is this okay but are you just a member of a certain party or are you conservative like what would like if you're if you claim to be conservative some people would say well christian you can't claim to be conservative because you like to date men and that's not typical conservative values like what do you say to that well my response is right now i'm not dating men i'm not dating yeah i'm attracted to men and that's that's another reason why I say I'm not going to say I'm gay because I'm attracted to men. Can you choose who you're attracted to? No, you can choose if you sleep with a man. You can't choose who you're attracted to. So does me being attracted to men mean I don't believe in the traditional family? Absolutely not. I do. Do I think children need to be raised by a mom and dad? Yes, I do. So I wait, think, do you want to get married and have kids? I mean, I, I can't I can't even answer that. I think it's different every day. And I think my life experiences. Um 
create a struggle within me. Some days I'm like, you know what? I deserve a strong man in my life. I feel like that's been missing. I didn't really have that necessarily. I want a strong man. I want a protector. Other days I'm like, Jesus is my protector. I don't need a strong man. <laughs> Other days I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It changes every day because of my life experiences. Yeah. So to even put that on me, which honestly conservatives don't really because I talk about it, um, but it's unfair. I do agree that sometimes someone says they're conservative and they don't behave like that and there can sort of be a a conflict, but I'm all about right now, we're such, we're so far in a corner and we need people, we need as many people on the team as we can get and they don't need to believe everything we believe to help us and where we're trying to go in the country. Speaking of all the gay stuff, how do you feel about <laughs> someone like Ali Beth Stuckey in the conservative Love, movement? love. I am shocked. I mean, I've always loved her because I believe in Christian values. Like, it's like, oh my gosh, like I, it, it, it's, you shouldn't be, you should never look at someone who maybe behaves differently than you and judge them based on that. I think you should say what life experiences have led them to be like that in, in my case. I think, I hope that people do a little bit of critical thinking and go, hmm, I wonder why he's like that. But, you know, but Allie, not... but someone like Allie, Allie's position from a, a Christian theological perspective Love. would say, would be to you, she'd be like, it's okay to be attracted to men. Like, you are. Like, I acknowledge that. But then, you know, if that's what you struggle with, then you shouldn't act on it. And you should basically say, I'm going to be celibate. How would you feel about that? I mean, it's it's the Christian worldview, and I I love Jesus. So would I you be into it. it? I mean, kind of, but <laughs> but it, it's it's just not that simple, of course. Yeah. But yeah, but what I love about her is I love how she never bows down to the mop, which n none of us do. But she speaks out She's about good. these things. But the best thing and the thing that just touched my heart that she spoke out about is I am against gay surrogacy, demonic. Demonic. Okay, so. Why? Yeah. Okay. You know, gay adoption, we'll put that in the corner for now. Gay adoption or adoption period is when, when someone goes to adopt, this is a child who maybe both parents died, doesn't have a home. Mm -hmm. So they're bringing a child in and they're saying, I'm going. So this goes for straight surrogacy and gay surrogacy, basically. They're going, I'm going to give this child a loving home and I'm going to do the best job to support this child and create an adult uh, that can go be a contributing member of society. And I'm going to love on him like it's my own and he's going to become my child, he or she. Gay surrogacy specifically is saying I'm purposely creating a child a motherless or fatherless child. We already have the stats on father absence. I'm sure the stats on, on mother absence are terrible too, but that is one of the most cruel things you can do because you as an adult want a child because you selfishly want a kid. I want to be a parent like it's a pet, like you're going and adopting a dog. You want to be a, you want to be a parent. You're purposely creating a child that's already going to have a disadvantage because they're not going to have a mom in the home or they're not going to have a dad in the home. Yeah. That's selfish. That's not right. Does Allie follow you? I don't think so. I don't know. Have you ever talked to her before? Have no, but I would her? love to. I would love to. I adore her. But See, yeah. this is another. Okay, you know how awesome. So cute. Servant is love relatable with Ali Bestucky, her show. She's great. And she does a lot of interviews. She should have you on and you guys should talk about all this. I would, I would love to. Because, listen, here's the thing about me. 
I might struggle with certain things or I might feel certain ways or I might do certain things that I don't always agree with. So not, I mean, we all make mistakes or we all do stuff we shouldn't be doing, whatever. Um, but that doesn't move the truth in my eyes. Like the truth yeah. is solid. So yes, when she came out against Dave Rubin, kind of when all these conservatives, I mean, that was just mind blowing. Well, I don't know that she necessarily came out against him. I mean, they work together at the Blaze. Yeah, and they love each and they're other. they're friends. Yeah, that's what I like. I think she just said, I won't endorse, I won't say congratulations because I disagree with the lifestyle. Beautiful. And I thought that was amazing. And I thought, I leftists, can y'all, can y'all watch that for a minute? Can you take note? You can love someone and you can say, you know, like, I adore you, but I don't adore the decision you're making. Yeah. And whatever. Um, I actually was talking to a gay friend. And, th and then I want to talk about gay conservatives for a second. Okay. I was talking to a gay friend who I said, yeah, I, I disagree with gay surrogacy. And they said, well, what if I did? Like, would you, would you like not be my friend anymore? And I'm like, um, no, I would still say like, love you to death. But I think what you're doing is wrong. And I think it's cruel. Um, this person was actually a gay conservative, gay conservative who I love. What does that um, mean? Gay conservative in quotes. Well, I have Why to do you, the quotes that. because, um, I think, you know, and this spans all conservatives, not just gays. Like we were talking about, you can have people who believe in certain aspects of conservatism, but don't behave conservatively. You know, I still want their votes, of course, and I still want their activism to a certain extent but there's a lot of gay conservatives like i that that are having sex behind dumpsters at pride marches i'm just like i i'm against <laughs> that whole movement so i don't know how that's conservative but i guess people could say the same about me like you said earlier i get that but this gay conservative thing um i'm making a child through surrogacy the i'm log, in an open relationship how do you feel about that group? I have a lot of friends in Log Cabin and love them as individuals. That's my big thing. I love people as an individual. My relationships are one-on-one -on -one and I love my friends. Just because you're my friend and you're involved in something doesn't mean I support everything you do. Who are you the closest to gay conservative, open gay conservative? Who do you, who do like you get along with? Like in the movement? Yeah, like who do you get along with the best? Like I'm thinking, like Rob Smith, uh, David. Uh, I love, I love David. Yeah. I, like, What's his best last friend, name? Leatherwood. I yes. Just, I I love him to death, and like we have disagreements sometimes, and it doesn't affect our relationship at all. Love him to death. But yeah, I think that's a big thing, especially in our movement, and it should be a big thing for our culture. You can love someone, you can value someone, you can be their friend, and not agree with all of their life choices, and you should be able to be open with them about it. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're cruel for creating a mother motherless child. That's wrong. My mom was a big part of my life. Can't imagine my life without my mom. So growing up with two dads would be retarded. <laughs> well, even you know the the conversation about IVF, uh, surrogacy, all that, even with straight couples, is super right. controversial right now. Like a lot of people in the conservative movement are even saying, "Oh, do we even agree with things like IVF or surrogacy just for straight couples?" Like that's really kind of blown up from a pro life standpoint. Like, do we agree or disagree with this? That's one thing I thought um, Ali Beth Stuckey talked about brilliantly, where she was talking about. About, you know, if we believe which we do, that a child is a child in the womb. Yeah. Well, and the life begins at conception. Life begins at conception. Your child is more at a risk for death if he's in a surrogacy. He or she is in a surrogacy's womb. Why are you even doing that to your child? I just, yeah. It is a fascinating conversation, and I love eventually, whether it's her or have somebody else on to kind of go into, like, do a whole episode on the surrogacy IVF stuff, and I've gotten a lot of requests for that. But Allie really 
was the person to kind of bring that up, I think, as a topic of conversation this year, early, like, January, when she started talking about this on her podcast. She was great. But I think my... Okay, so... Christian HRH, Christian Ali Vestucki. <laughs> These are now we have a lot of collabs that we need to see happen. I know. Thank you. Thank you. Have you watched Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey on Netflix yet? It's about Warren Jeff's FLDS cult, an offshoot of mainstream Mormonism. He had 87 wives and over 60 children. He required the girls to wear overly modest clothing. Like you think of Warren Jeff's, you think of those girls in those pastel weird dresses. He told members of the cult that the regular Mormons had gotten it all wrong and that his special group were actually God's chosen people. And, you know, of course, sexually abused children and all kinds of horrific stuff. And this is the super, super, super spark notes version to remind you how sick and twisted the FLDS is. Well, back in February, if you, if you remember of this year, I shared with you a charity called Pen and Napkin that's very near and dear to my heart because they help fully furnish and decorate homes for women and children transitioning out of homelessness and sex trafficking. We actually raised $5,000 in honor of my birthday for Pen and Napkin. And the founder, is also, fun fact, my personal interior designer for my apartment. And look how awesome this is. Okay, so this all ties together, I promise. So Pen and Napkin has partnered with Chrissy Hammer, who you know too, because she redesigned the politics set to raise money for a single mom who escaped FLDS and is starting completely over. This family of five just got their house and Pen and Napkin with Chrissy Hammer will be fully furnishing and decorating it, but cannot do it without the help of cute servatives. This is such a unique and special opportunity to bless someone who has gone through unspeakable terror by people who have completely warped the true story of the gospel. Cute servatives, we need you to band together and become care servatives today. Go to penandnapkin.org slash Alex to see the campaign, read this family story, and donate. That's penandnapkin.org slash Alex. You talked about how you just brought up, you know, well, sometimes I think like I really want to be with this strong guy, a masculine man, because I didn't really feel like I had that protector growing up. And one thing I don't really think that I've ever heard you kind of dive into or talk about really is your childhood um, and just <laughs> the stuff that went on there. So would you be willing to kind of go into that? I am. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny you say that because I'm so open online, but I'm open about my views. I don't really talk about my life. And a lot of people bring that up. Um, some people are like, you're so open. And then other people are like, but we don't really know a lot about you. So yeah. I, I am willing to to dive into that a little bit more. Well, I think it was around 2008, your dad, Herschel Walker, if someone living under a rock doesn't know, like <laughs> super famous running back. Okay, so he wrote this book. I believe that's the right year. I might be wrong. But he anyway, he wrote a book just talking about how he discovered that he had DID. And so DID is disassociative identity disorder. It used to be called multiple personalities, but I, I don't know if it's like a PC thing or what, but they changed it now to being called DID. But he didn't Am I correct in saying that he didn't really know that was what was going on with him for a long, a, mo a lot of his life? Not until the mid-2000s, right, that he was diagnosed? Yes. Yeah, so f from what I know, um, I think, you know, he's been struggling with that for a long time. Um, didn't know 
what it was, hadn't been diagnosed. Um, and then, yes, was diagnosed early 2000s, late 1990s, and yes. So, I mean, growing up with a dad or a parent, I should say, just struggling with mental illness, I mean, what did what did your childhood, what do you remember your childhood looking like on a day-to-day basis? Like, I don't remember how long your parents were together before they divorced or anything or what you remember. Yeah, so my parents divorced when I was two, um, and I was mainly with my mom. Um, I also think, you know, when you're growing up in a bit of an abnormal childhood, and I think any childhood that doesn't have a mom and a dad in the house is abnormal. Sure, everybody has a different childhood. Even if you have two parents in the house, it can look very differently. But abnormality, I mean, that's just not how we were created to be brought up without a mom and a dad in the house. So um, you, you think that's your normal. So looking back, I can oftentimes say, oh my gosh, well, that experience definitely wasn't normal or that shouldn't have happened or whatever. But you know, going through it, I was just surviving. Do you remember certain episodes of violence or different things going on as a kid? Yes, I do. There was so much um, that happened that, you know, nobody necessarily really knows about. And um, it's kind of, it's not hard to talk about, but it's odd. It's weird. Yeah. Because you can sometimes feel like you're like dogging your parent. Yeah. But it, it's what happened. No, it's what happened. And I mean, in your, it's not like we're saying anything also that your dad hasn't shared because he wrote a whole book right, about it. But right. like. But yes, I do remember a plethora. Well, and obviously growing up, like you knew that you were different from other kids from a financial standpoint. But there had to have been a moment, too, where you were like, OK, besides just not having your, your parents both in the same house, there had to have been a moment where you're like, OK, I'm different from other families in general. Do you remember like where you kind of realized that difference? So, um. It's funny, when I was really little and all through elementary school, I didn't know I was super financially different because my mom didn't, she didn't, I mean, yes, she spoiled me and she totally doted on me, but we weren't like, you know, living in some gargantuan house that was different than my friends' house. Yeah. You know, I I grew up in a very like safe community and so I just thought my life was like everyone's. One difference that I did know was like, oh, my parents aren't together. All my friends or all the kids I went to school with, their parents were together. So it was a bit odd, like, you know, sometimes my mom picking me up or it, there being a like weird switch off because my, my parents didn't talk to each other for a long time. So like my mom not being able to see my dad. So that was odd. And then, you know, as you grow figuring out that your dad like is a celebrity and then figuring out that yes you live a financially blessed life compared to everyone else um but the first thing that was notable to me was that my parents weren't together and there was like yeah that was very different i think you know a lot of times you hear the left talk about well, if we just had more social workers, we had more therapists dealing with, you know, violent offenders or different situations, like we wouldn't have all these problems, like we need to have less police. And like you have you have experience dealing with someone who struggles with mental illness. And so what would you say? Like, do you think that is a terrible idea to have a therapist mediator type of person in those situations? It would be better. <laughs> like, you're, the t- you're the exact type of person that like has real firsthand experience with this. Like who is right? I think they're demented because <laughs> when you're in a scary situation, you need someone strong coming in that can put it out. 
um, we shouldn't give lollipops to someone who's being violent and expect them to calm down like they're four years old. So no. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I feel more, I, I've felt and I feel more protected with a strong police officer with a good old gun <laughs> <laughs> than a therapist. Um, and I think just one thing I want to say on that note is like, yeah, a lot of times people criticize some of my takes because of my life experiences instead of saying like, like saying you're too privileged to be able to speak on things. Yeah. Or instead of saying like, oh, no, more so like my like mm, my takes on like fathers more so than or. And they say like, oh, you're, you know, being hypocritical instead of saying maybe it's my life experiences that have given me my takes. Um, I don't understand that. Okay, so you're talking about when you talk about things like, hey, it causes problems not to have a father figure in the home. It causes problems right. for young men not to have a like super strong relationship with their father growing up. You're literally saying, yes, that affected me. That happened to me. And they're saying you can't. They're saying, well, y your parents were divorced, so why do you get thing. to talk about it? And I'm like, you retard, because <laughs> they were divorced, I'm talking about it. What right. is wrong with you? Okay, so with all of that going on and before your dad's diagnosis, I mean, that obviously caused, like, I know it was a huge strain in your family. Were there years that you guys didn't really speak to each other? He wasn't even really a part of your life? So, like, the diagnosis is neither here nor there because even before diagnosis, there's behaviors. Like, a diagnosis doesn't, you don't just start behaving a certain way. But it way. gives you the, uh, but you're able to understand, okay, he's he's doing this because he has different alters or identities living within his brain that when he is that alter he thinks he's someone else he thinks like because didn't he talk about how he'd interest like ballet and in studying the fbi and doing all these things because that was probably when he was living as that alter is that accurate or no yes but when you know it's it's something like did you don't you don't look at it and go, oh, well, it's fine. Yeah, it's hard to still it's, forgive it or excuse it. Right. Dealing with all of that, how did that affect your view then of men and then what a man should look like? Because you talked about just like being there, being present, being protective. When it comes to even just romantic relationships, do you think that your relationship with your dad has affected the type of guy that you would look for? Um, it's It's affected or it's made me crave something. And that craving is a strong protector and a man that f makes me feel safe or whatever. And by the way, I have a great stepdad. And I mean, my dad's in my life, so yeah. it's not like. But regardless, like the damage is already done. Yeah, there's I still want a hurt protector there. because, you, you know, your your childhood really affects your adult life, period. Um, so, yes, it's made me it has affected sort of my romantic interest or whatever. Right. I think millennials and then really I've seen this with Gen Z even more, which are you Gen Z? I'm Gen Z. That's what I thought. So like there's this huge love affair with the word trauma. And I've talked about this on previous episodes, but it's like they are obsessed. Gen Z is obsessed. And they I'm a young brag millennial about with it. Trauma. Yes. They're crazy. Like it's a whole thing on TikTok, like oh, whatever. So, I mean, I feel like you have a legit reason to claim that you have trauma from your childhood. How does it feel when you just see everybody saying like little every little minor inconvenience is <laughs> it's trauma. A trauma? They're just looking for attention, and this is like the currency in our current um, culture. If you go on TikTok and you make a video talking about your like stupid trauma, that's not a trauma. You're gonna get millions of views. You're gonna get get a lot of likes. It's really great for insecure people who need attention um, and want to be doted on. You know, 
I also think if you're so willing and so happy to go brag about it and talk about it, then I question how intense the trauma is. Well, you know what's really juicy <laughs> is that, so speaking of people saying that they have trauma or whatever, it's now become a huge thing on TikTok to say that you have DID. And what they're saying, Christian, is get this. They're saying, oh, well, I have, you know, I'm white and I'm straight, but I have, you know, 20 of my personalities. I've, I've got a black gay woman. I've got, you know, this, I've got a trans guy with a peg leg, I've, <laughs> like someone's Muslim. Like that's what they're doing so that they can say that they're marginalized and get attention and sympathy when they're they themselves are straight and white <laughs> there's no words for it i mean we <laughs> especially like when you've experienced did and you 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 know someone who has it it just i mean they make it look like a clown show another thing that's kind of on that note is like yeah like they're these leftists are using trauma as a currency in our culture yes. and also like leftists like in la especially are using their trans kid or their non-binary kid for bragging points you know they just try to use these these talking points or these fads as ways to get attention you know what i uh this is going to be super controversial to say at least to the left or whatever especially to the lgbtq lobby but i really believe that a lot of these parents that are uh letting their kids transition at five six years old it's almost to me like a Munchausen's it type is. of thing because they do get so much attention and love on the internet, um, in their communities, all these special privileges at work if you say that you have a trans kid. Um, and so I think these parents kind of like want them to be trans because you gain so much attention, positive attention. Especially like, I mean, but this is also you have to look at like in Hollywood where sort of the culture starts um white people literally can't get a job you can't book if you're white you're not going on a commercial you're not booking a show unless you're already a a, a famous white actor they're judging names on resumes it's all black people getting the jobs. it's all asians whatever but if you're a white person who says i have a trans kid and like <laughs> you or you're trans or you're non-binary well then you get a check mark on the minority box or on the marginalization box and so you're more you know, attractive to some of these companies or production companies uh, to get booked, to get a job. So that's also another element of it. If we didn't, if we were just judging people fairly and weren't giving people jobs just because of their skin color, maybe we wouldn't see as much of this, but we are. Yeah. When you were on campus going to college in California, were you forced like, hey, you need to put your pronouns in your email signature? You need to announce them in class before you speak? Did you have to deal with that? And then if so, what did you how did you respond? So never forced um, on Zoom, like first day of class, they might go, you know, tell us your name, your major and what your pronouns are. And I would skip over it. Luckily, mm. a teacher never said, um, and what are your pronouns? Because then I would have been like, um, not retarded. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always say that. <laughs> that <laughs> that <laughs> um, proud American. Those are yes. technically my pronouns that I'm proud of. But um. No, I, I think because I was in like the Chinese department, I didn't have to take these extremist courses, but I was always armed and ready. Um, just in case. Well, you know, because it's funny because China would never let that crap fly. Never. They don't allow pronouns and doing all of that stuff, and which it, is the irony. It's so funny because the one Chinese professor who I got into it with had she, her. It, what? It, it, was a, it was an ancient Chinese course. It Did was, you say anything? Um, not about her pronouns, but we just got into it over other things. She was 
nuts. So these liberal professors that are teaching courses like about Chinese history and stuff, do you find that they they do that because they really do love communism or they're just like interested in the culture like you are? This was an ancient Chinese um, language course. Okay. It wasn't even history. Um, I just think they... Specifically, this woman is a product of academia, and I don't even think she thought for herself. <laughs> she got her PhD at Harvard or wherever, and this is just what she, she doesn't even think. So she just put them in. Let's talk about who we're vibing with, who we're not vibing with in the conservative movement. Like, who do we really love? Like, who are our favorites Ron right De- now? Oh, Governor Ron DeSantis? Like that? Yes. Or like influencers? At all. Anything. Like, who do we love? Like, because, okay, can I just say, this is a very unpopular opinion, but I just... <laughs> I just don't vibe with Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm sorry I said it. I, I'm not saying that like some stuff that she's done hasn't been great for us, whatever. It's just, it's okay to say like, hey, like this person's conservative. Yeah, like policy wise, we might agree on some stuff, but like, I don't really click with them. They're not my favorite. Not vibing with uh, Nikki Haley. Get get the hell out of the well, We're so over you. One hundred percent. Like she just has her hands and everything. I'm over her. Well, that's why I talked about it. YWLS at our Young Women's Leadership Summit last month. I talked about how the old conservative movement is dead. Meaning we do not we do not answer to the establishment, whether that's on the right or the left. I'm sick of it. Like we're paving the way for the current, the new conservative generation. Now we decide what we're going to be known for. And 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 we we don't respect you. I think they think like they still run the movement and it's like kind of stripping them of their no we 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 don't respect you we don't want you we want people like Ron DeSantis we want people that are more on this populist train I just am praying I'm just crossing my fingers that over the next couple of years that nobody jumps off Governor DeSantis ship like I want I like I just love him and I just don't want to lose him and one thing that I've noticed in the last couple of years is that people will be obsessed with someone like Nikki Haley one minute and then like she's done like she's done now right, right, to right. like the future of conservatism Governor Nome very con- controversial right now actually a lot of people still love her a lot of people are not fans anymore it's like dude every day i wake up and it's like who who do we love who do we hate right right um yeah and i think sometimes we really need to do our research and make sure that what we see on twitter is true or make sure we understand the bull a bill fully um that's not a defense or an attack against christy gnome i don't even i i'm in the middle on her. I don't trust her fully, but I'm very I in like the middle her. too. I'm very in the middle. I don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we need to be building up strong leaders in the party like Governor Ron DeSantis. There's also John Forte that I really like. Now, who um, is that? That sounds familiar. Governor of Montana. Governor. I just know he's great on immigration. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's, that. He's excellent. Um, Podcast-wise, influencer-wise, Instagram, uh, who do you, who are you enjoying following right now? Even if they're not conservative. Let's just say in you, general. You. Um, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> he had to say that. <laughs> HRH. Um, who's someone I watch every day? Oh, my gosh. There's this one woman. What's her name? Her name's like Kathy or something. She was raised by lesbian parents and she's like against gay marriage. Wait! And she's an icon. You and have I to just, send me who that is. I have I, to have her on. You have to have her on. That's you, prime. When my podcast goes video, like she might be the first guest. Like Dang, I, I, okay. I, I cannot. Well, if you don't have her, I want No, her. no, you please have her. She needs to be spread like wildfire. She's excellent. Here's the thing. This is what I'm going to say about the conservative movement. Okay, I just started talking crap about BLM in 2020. I was making random videos and they blew up. I wasn't expecting it. I was working on a different project that was very Hollywood. Like I I didn't know what I was doing. And now a lot of the sort of like 
not even people like you, but like I just see a lot of people going after like building I know exactly. a following. I know exactly what you're going to say. Like, I have stuff to say about this. Like making reels that just like are just kind of weird. And it's like, I don't know if you're actually passionate. I like to entertain and I like to talk, you know, conservative issues. It just blew up one day randomly. I was not seeking anything. It is such a red flag to me. This is a red flag law. I can get behind. Okay. It is a red flag to me. The people that jump into the conservative movement and are you can tell who is obsessed with being famous. They are trying to like specifically to be famous themselves. Let me tell you something. I hate and I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I'm not an influencer. I don't do the influencer thing. I suck at posting on my Instagram. I literally have posted like two on my page, I, personal page. I think I posted twice in like four months. I, I am horrible, horrible. Now, Everything I do, though, my attention, my passion, my blood, sweat, and tears goes into my shows. I spend a lot of time trying to build up politics, but that's a community. The conservative movement is a community and a thing for, like, other people. It's not about me. It's it's for them. This show is— Praise the Lord. This show is about my guests and, like, exposing uh. people to different stories and ideas and amazing life experiences. Like, I only pick people who have jaw-dropping, interesting stories or are experts on something for this show. Like, I don't understand— you can just see the people that are so curated and are just trying to be a talking head in the conservative movement. And it, it, it irks me. It irks me. Yeah. I And I, I, I try to do the same. Like, I don't... My page is not necessarily... It's not about my life. It's about conservatism. I just like making funny jokes. I like to entertain. And I see a lot of... I see a lot of sort of just, like, trying to network, trying to get, you know posted on someone's page who has more than you switch followers it's like that's why i don't post with anyone that's why i don't i mean i i don't really go on tons of podcasts i know i was I so honored that you said thing. yes i mean i love your podcast that's why <laughs> i don't i do my own thing and you're doing you have your own show i do and it's about to go video podcast uncancelable hope y'all love it but, yes talk about yeah. that so you launched that and you really wanted to kind of talk like more culture things and stuff do you feel like you're in the culture lane with that or have you drifted more into like no let's just talk let's like, talk politics, politics. <laughs> <laughs> so it it definitely drifted <laughs> politics that's for sure um as it goes video and i'm actually gonna have a team behind me praise the lord because right now it's just like me just like turning the mic on recording Wait, can i make a suggestion i Please want do. your set i want the podcast set to literally look like you're sitting um in a starbucks, in a starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> why not I mean, it, obviously shop. for braiding reasons it should probably shouldn't be starbucks but a coffee <laughs> shop like that's actually brilliant i have a friend that knows like the second app at starbucks and she was like, I'm just going to send him a video because you need a sponsorship. And I'm like, oh, he's not going to go for it. He's like, I promise they're leftists. And she's like, no, we're doing it. It was a no. So definitely no Starbucks sponsorship anytime Are soon. Are you still getting complaints? Like people just freaking out, spurging in your DMs, like conservatives being like, so why are you still supporting them? Because I immediately block now any conservatives that send me that crap. Why are you using this makeup brand? Why are you doing this? I'm like, shut up. Every day and it's like I love y'all and I understand like don't get me wrong I'm as conservative as you and I totally get where you're coming from you don't understand I live in Los Angeles the local coffee because this is what they say go to a local coffee shop why are you drinking at Starbucks guess what the local coffee shops are further left, left. than Starbucks yes. me shopping at Starbucks is me buying from a conservative brand yeah. compared to the other places and I'm not making my coffee at home I'm locked at home all the time I'm a homebody this is like my going out yeah. going to get a coffee going is to get me a coffee going is out. leaving the house so I need to get out of the house Tell them about the coffee shop that just opened by you. 
oh my gosh, it's called like Go Get Em Tiger or something. And cute building, of course, lined up down the block because all the psycho West Hollywood leftists go there. Trans Lives Matter flag, BLM fizz, rainbow flag. The drinks might have something written on it. It's just, it's nuts. It's nuts. How would you define conservatism? And in your opinion, what's the future of conservatism? Oh my gosh, that's a big question. Um, conserving tra- conserving traditional values, putting Americans first before foreigners. Mm, preach. Law and order, protecting the border. I mean, when I say protect the border, protecting the country, mm-hmm. period. And in again, putting the interests of Americans first. And I think the future um, looks like leaning into that um, versus where we came from, which was very neocon, neolib. It's it's more nationalism. Looking back, are there things that you think, okay, I wish President Trump would have did a little bit differently during his presidency? Or are you happy with how that went? You're just like a little iffy on him now? Or how? Are, what's the temperature with Christian Walker and your feelings on former President I, Trump? I love President Trump, of course. Know him. My parents have known him since they were like 19. Um, of course, did so many great things and was like, created this movement I mean, and that campaign in 2016 was absolutely brilliant i mean thank god for president trump i think <laughs> <laughs> love him um I'll, I'll say one thing i was frustrated and everyone loves to fight about this half of the people are like he couldn't do anything the other half are like he should have done something listen i live in la my city burned for yeah. months yeah and i I, f- I felt like nothing was done during BLM. You felt a little abandoned. I felt abandoned. But is, that really, like is that really his, Trump or is yeah. that, Gavin, is that or, Governor Newsom? Or Governor Newsom. I know. I know that's the thing. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um. I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stars. <laughs> Governor DeSantis. I like it. I think there's that a, you said this really well. There's a lot of stars. Yes. And, and the press secretary out of Florida, I just got it, Christina Pusha. I just. What is the deal with uh, Christina Pusha? Because I have heard this icon. girl's name a hundred times. Do I need to have her on the show? Oh, she's so good. Why? What is everybody so obsessed with? I just am in the dark on this. So what's so excellent about her is, of course, like the media is starting to treat Governor DeSantis like former President Trump, um, just dragging his name through the mud. And Christina Pouchaw, the great, I call I call Governor DeSantis Ron DeSantis the great, and I need to come up with a nickname <laughs> for Christina Pouchaw, Christina Pouchaw, the icon. She just is on Twitter, and two seconds after the article comes out, she debunks the whole thing. Oh, she debunks epic. it. She fights with the reporters. She's just She's very like Florida strong. Kaylee McEnany. Yes, she is. And I just like this. I like this playing offense. Mm. And I like this strength out of conservatism. For so long, I've just felt like we're weak while the left just dominates us and yells at us. And now we're coming up and we're playing offense. And that's that's one thing she does really well. She'll post emails of what reporters say to her. She just doesn't care. And so... I'm I'm liking the offense. Okay, I'm gonna have to check her out. Maybe we'll have her on too. And I want the woman with the lesbian moms. If you don't do that, are you gonna be doing interviews or what? Yeah, I am. So, I don't do any interviews right now. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, what is the direction going forward for people to look forward to with Uncancelable? So, with Uncancelable, the direction going forward, it's shifting to video. We're gonna be doing interviews, and I want to talk to a lot of dissident liberals. Ooh. I'm a conservative. But I, I noticed this trend in mainstream pop culture, Azalea Banks. Where, <laughs> Azalea 
I love her. She's problematic. She's problematic. She's crazy. But like these people that don't subscribe to wokeness, um, I'm very interested to hear from them. I'm interested in talking. I talk a lot of dating on TikTok. I want to talk about dating. I want to talk, you know, non-political things traditional things. So wait, when you talk about dating, because you said you don't really tell share about your personal life, does that mean you want to give advice to other people or you want to start being like transparent about your um, personal I, life? A little bit of transparency and just talking about like what what we what we should expect out of men and women in relationships. What should we expect? We should expect men to be protectors and providers and to uh, keep their dangling in their pants instead of expecting all of these things out of women while they bang the whole town. And we should expect women to be okay with, you know, sometimes being submissive or, you know, not necessarily being this girl boss because a lot of these girl I'm bosses- I'm so sick of girl boss. Girl boss aren't is over. happy. Girl boss is- like it's, chuggy, really, as Gen Z would say. But but girl boss is done. Like millennials girl, killed it. Girl boss is done. And I say to my left wing followers on TikTok, I'm like, don't you want to like stay home while the big muscle men go to work? Yes. Like, stay home and shop. And they're like, this is what we want. I'm like, feminism lied to you. They told you you had to go out and own this big company. You don't have to do that. If you want to do that, you go do your own life. We're in America. You can do what you want. I just want to offer another way. I was just crossing my fingers during the pandemic that what was going to happen was a lot of these kids that ended up having to go home from school, you know, and like finish their school online or whatever, that they were like, okay, maybe I don't need this. Maybe I can go do something else, take some time for myself, figure out what I want. Because my generation was sold the lie so heavily that you will not be successful if you didn't go to college. <laughs> I didn't go to college. Charlie Kirk didn't go to college. So and I, I am so, so thankful jealous. for that every day. You don't need college. You didn't have to. You didn't I, have to go. No, but I didn't know what I was going to I didn't know. If I had this at 18, I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I had different plans. Um, that's another Did big thing Did you think you wanted to do on. pro cheer? Weren't you into, really into cheer? Oh, I was a competitive cheerleader right. through high school, but like pro cheer, that's not really a thing. Oh, not like cheer on Netflix type? I don't really know. Oh, I cheered about cheer with world. them actually, but oh, okay. they're not like professionals. What like, do you think about that scandal with the Jerry guy? You know, I won world championships with him. He was on my team. So did you get weird vibes from him? Never. So that's, but, but there's a lot of that in the cheer world, nasty stuff. Is he younger nasty than you or you're stuff. older? Or? He's older. He's older. So I'm surprised that he didn't like. I mean, well, he like I was too you. old for him. Oh, that's what it seems. Sick, seemed. dude. It's disgusting. It's just so weird because I mean, he was just such a star a on that light. show. Yeah, I take care of your kids, parents. Like you never know what's really going on. Um, I'm working on another project right now that is really vulnerable about my life. So I promise really? that's kind. Yes, I am. Um, parents really monitor your children, and I, you know, if I had a a child. I wouldn't want to choke hold my child and not allow them to go experience the world, but we live in such a dangerous culture. Would you want them to grow up in LA though? Oh Lord. Um, See my boyfriend. They, did, they just wouldn't leave the house. My boyfriend is in Newport Beach, so he's Love. obsessed with Orange County. That's where he wants to raise and have a family. You got to. So like, you could totally see, do I it there. You, and that's where Alex. My parents might buy a house in Newport, so I'll be there all the time. So oh, when good. you come, please let's hang out. Let but. me come, and I just want to be there like a little mouse and watch you and Alex HRH <laughs> film your collab. <laughs> it's so funny because we're so. I think we're both so different off camera, or in something like cute and low-key like this. No, you and Alex HRH, it's so funny because when she came here to film her episode, one of the first things she said to me, which her and I have been like friends online for years, um, but we hadn't ever met in person really mm -hmm. before that. And so she shows up and she goes, I just want to let you know, like, I'm not, I'm not always like that. 
you know that, right? Like, I'm not always yelling. She says that to me. I'm like, Alex, I know. And the meanest people online or the meanest celebrities are always the nicest in person. I'm not mean online, but I'm a little nasty sometimes or rude. Um, It's just like more like an exaggerated thing. Totally. And the nice people online are always bitchy in person. Yes. Always. Yes. Okay. So speaking of meeting celebrities on and offline and like who's who's real and who isn't, you got to hang out with Kat Von D. Which one was that? Was that during the pandemic? It was about a year ago, but I've seen her recently because she had an album party. She's excellent. She's so cool. She's so cool. Um, She likes politics episodes sometimes and stuff, which I think is super fun. And, you know, she left L.A. to move to Indiana. (sighs) Don't break my heart. I know. She did. Which is, that's where I'm from. Oh, really? I, I forgot you had your show there. Yes. Oh yeah, so I'm from Indiana. You're in Indiana You're like, girl. would you ever go back? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, out of all the states, like, trying to get away from what she was getting away from, I'm like, really, Indiana? She loves it because she, she does just love hold it. up and yeah. it's good for her, yeah. So did you get to go see her, like, gothic mansion in L.A., though, when you were there? Yeah, it was. The Red Pool. It was so, the Red Pool. Crazy, so cool. She had an insane, artistic, awesome house. Um... And and who would have thought that she was a conservative? Now I'm like, oh, of course she is. But what was even funnier was she had this awesome album party or album release party or whatever, and I got to go to it. And, you know, a lot of people there were very gothic in their style and whatever. So I brought one friend and, you know, we're not. But we tried to, like, I'm wearing Did this, Did you like, dress like a scene kid I, or what? I totally, like, I wore this, like, Saint Laurent black top with, like, stars on it nice. thinking I was go- that goth. Was go- that was <laughs> as goth as he gets. <laughs> it wasn't. But everyone at the party was coming up and they were like, I love your stuff. And it just really? goes to show you really never know who has conservative value. Some of the people that I judge online and I'm like, oh, they're weird hair color. You know, sometimes they're just artsy. Do you have any celebrities that uh, slide into your DMs that just say like, hey, like I cannot be public about my views, but I do love your videos and I think you're hilarious or anything? Totally. Totally. Without saying who it was, what kinds of things did they say to you? Um, Or I have people that come up in person, but a lot of people that say, um, you know, I have to, I, I support my family like this. I'd be totally blacklisted out of the industry. I can't say a thing, but thank you for your work. A list, B list, or C list? Every list. Ooh. Every list. Juicy. Yeah. Okay, Christian, um, remind people where they can follow you, where they can listen to Uncancelable. How often do you post episodes and all that? So you can find me at Christian Walker. The Ian Walker is the number one on Instagram and Twitter. I'm on TikTok at official Christian Walker. Ian Walker is the number one. I have my podcast, Uncancelable, all streaming platforms. Um, I do one to two episodes a week. We're shifting to video. And don't come if you're going to be easily offended. I hate people who are easily offended. Don't be sensitive. (laughs) Thank you, Christian, for coming (laughs) on this spillover. Thanks for having me. So many things that Christian said in this interview totally caught me off guard and surprised me. You can see my face for yourself if you watch this episode on the Politics YouTube. But I bet a lot of people wouldn't know how violent and scary Christian's childhood was. If you Google it, you can read some of the news reports from the time, the police reports. It's it's, it's very disturbing stuff or, you know, that he struggles with the attraction he has to men. But at the same time, to me, I don't know about you, but just like going through that interview and talking to him, it kind of came across that he feels and knows that being gay is a sin. Um, And it also surprised me that he's much more of an introvert than an extrovert. I don't think a lot of people would guess that one. I will say this. 
his skin is just as gorgeous in person as it is online, like an absolutely flawless face. So if the left wants to hate Christian Walker for anything, maybe it should be that. Also, you better DM this link to this episode to Ali Stuckey and tell her Christian Walker is dying to go on her show to discuss homosexuality. I want to hear that just as badly as you probably do. Every week, it is a guarantee that whoever I interview, whether you've heard of them before or it's your first time, you're going to learn something and you're going to be on the edge of your seat. Make sure you're subscribed to The Spillover and not only clicking download. And always, 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 please leave a five-star review to support us weekly. Share this episode on social media if you loved it. The Spillover is back next Thursday, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm Alex Clark, and this is The Spillover. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Oh, my God.